Morning, y'all. Here are your morning headlines and your first alert forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Right now, we begin with a first alert weather day. Good Monday morning to you. A first alert weather day for today as we are watching the potential for heat index values during the next couple of afternoons. Well over 100 degrees. Heat advisories up for today. It's starting out already warm and muggy this morning. We're in the 70s. In fact, even near the coast, close to 80 degrees. Water temperatures now in the low 80s. It doesn't allow the temperature, especially near the coast, to cool off much overnight. So it's going to be a little bit tougher this week for those morning runs. Get out there early, though, because we will see the temperatures climbing quickly. We'll be at 86 degrees by 10 o'clock, so that puts us on pace to be at 90 or above by lunchtime, and that's the temperature not factoring in the humidity. That'll be close to 100 degrees. We get up to 96 this afternoon. Heat index around 105 degrees, so make sure you're being extra careful if you're outside today. If you're working outdoors, kids are going to be outside. A slight chance of a shower thunderstorm. We may see a little bit better rain chance tomorrow, but it also may be a little bit hotter. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Well, Dorchester County will be spending more than $4 million over the next couple of years to replace several bridges they say are out of date. As Ray Arena reports, the county says it's eventually wanting to replace all of the bridges it maintains. Dorchester County says over a thousand cars travel over this bridge on Summers Drive near 17A each day, and it's one of four bridges that will be replaced in the near future. The county will be spending $4.5 million to replace bridges on Summers Drive, Johnson Road, Deer Run Road, and Pointer Drive. The Public Works Director has called these bridges obsolete, saying they use construction materials that are out of date with modern practices. He added that drivers should expect detours once construction starts so crews can safely work on the roads. He also says over the next 20 years, the county is looking to replace every bridge it maintains to make sure its infrastructure keeps up with development. It's just the next step in replacing aging infrastructure, uh, whether it's roads, uh, stormwater, um, water, sewer. You know, infrastructure gets old and it gets to where it needs to be replaced, and this is just part of the ongoing maintenance and um, infrastructure replacement for the county. The county expects design work to begin in the fall, with construction possibly getting underway next spring. Reporting in Somerville, Ray Urena, Live 5 News. By the end of the year, the Charleston Harbor will be the deepest harbor on the East Coast. Molly McBride is joining us live. And Molly, you met with the Charleston's uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to talk about what opportunities deepening the harbor may bring to Charleston. Good morning. Good, good morning. When the Engineering Corps first started working to deepen the harbor, it was only 17 feet deep. Now, 140, laters, 140 years later, it's expected to be 52 feet deep in the fall. The latest deepening project started in 2018. Now, five years of underwater construction work later, the project is expected to come to a close in fall. The newly 52 feet deep harbor will allow all container ships, no matter the size or weight, to pass through the harbor, regardless of the tide. Costing around $600 million, the project was entirely funded through state and local dollars. Jeff Levesey, the chief civil works at the Engineering Corps, says the ability to accommodate these large container ships in Charleston Harbor will make transportation more efficient, lowering the cost of goods. 
Levesey says over the years, container ships have grown in size, so they don't have to take as many trips and are more efficient. But before the deepening project, the Charleston Harbor could not accommodate all of them. Those transportation efficiencies um, really um, will bring down the cost of goods. Um, I know we're kind of in a, 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 a time now with inflation and supply chain issues, but you know, without those larger ships and those transportation efficiencies, those costs would be almost that much more greater. The Audubon Society, along with other nonprofits and biologists, used the leftover sand from the underwater construction and dredging to rebuild a 32-acre bird sanctuary in the harbor. Reporting in Charleston, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. The group of state lawmakers and staff members responsible for finalizing the state budget has come to a compromise on a spending plan. House and Senate leaders have agreed to meet halfway on several measures to wrap up the tedious process. South Carolina state budget for the upcoming fiscal year is the largest ever at nearly $14 billion. Some agreements made last Friday included how to cut income taxes for South Carolinians, raising the minimum salary for teachers and possible raises for state employees and law enforcement officers. Before that does happen, the full House and Senate must give one more vote of approval on June the 15th. This week, the American Flood Coalition is hosting its Mayor Summit in Washington, D.C. The summit is a way to work toward effective solutions to keep communities safe and build resilience against future flooding. Mayor John Tecklenburg, along with 25 other local leaders from across the country, will meet with federal-level experts to discuss flooding and sea level rise. The summit will feature remarks from high-level officials from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, FEMA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and the Department of Transportation. Polls across the state are set to open tomorrow. You can vote between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Yeah, voters in line by 7 p.m. will still be allowed to vote. Now, some key races on the ballot include contests for governor and the U.S. Congress, along new, numerous other seats around the state. Now, on the Republican side, current Governor Henry McMaster will face off against Harrison Musselwhite. On the Democratic side, five candidates will appear on the ballot. Former 1st District Congressman Joe Cunningham, State Senator Mia McLeod, William H. Williams, Calvin McMillan, and health care advocate Carlton Boyd also has his name in the race. There are two candidates with the Independence Party, Jokey Beckett Jr. and Michael Copeland, along with Gary Voter and Morgan Bruce Reeves from the Labor Party. Voters must bring a photo ID to cast a ballot. If you have an absentee ballot, you must return it to the county voter registration office no later than 7 p.m. tomorrow for it to be counted. You can find your polling location by heading over to live5news.com. Just look under the big red box. Now, more than 91,000 uh, votes have already been cast in South Carolina ahead of tomorrow's primaries. According to the Associated Press, nearly 80,000 of the votes were cast during the state's new early voting period. According to data from the South Carolina Election Commission, that doesn't include figures for Friday, which was the last day for early voting. Election officials say an additional 12,700 absentee votes will have been received as of Thursday morning. As summer is around the corner and school is out, one South Carolina child readiness program has some homework for parents of children entering kindergarten. Lauren Quinlan joins us live with more on what programs are available for parents and students to prepare for kindergarten in the fall. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. 
With more than 50,000 students starting kindergarten statewide this fall, the organization South Carolina First Steps says they'll be able to serve the most students ever thanks to grant money they've received. South Carolina First Steps has been awarded more than $950 million that they've allocated to their Countdown to Kindergarten program. This summertime initiative offers a wide range of programs, including an intensive family engagement program, where through local and elementary school partnerships, teachers work one-on-one -on -one with families of incoming kindergartners for five weeks. The Countdown to Kindergarten program also includes online resources and tools to prepare for the upcoming school year and statewide in-person events where families can get tips on preparing their five-year-olds. Beth Moore with First Steps says kindergarten readiness is much more than people think and it's important to start off their academic career strong. Things like self-help skills, like brushing your teeth in the morning and being able to put on your clothes. The ability to handle small objects like scissors and a pencil or a crayon. Um, the ability to follow simple rules and directions. That's really important in the kindergarten classroom. It might be a little bit different from the environment that you've had at home growing up. Moore says they've talked to many parents who are worried about their child's development because of the effect COVID-19 has had on their kids. Moore also says parents believe this summer program will help their kids get excited about learning and being prepared for the upcoming school year. The next in-person event is this Friday at Mingo Creek Academy in Georgetown. For a list of more in-person events and to get access to those online resources, click on this story on Live5News.com. Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. From the birthday file, think back to your childhood and the show Sesame Street. Do you remember the human Bob? Well, Bob McGrath turns 90 today. Actor Malcolm McDowell turns 79. Actor Richard Thomas, John Boy from the Waltons, is 71. Home Improvements Tim Allen turns 69. Actress Ali Sheedy is 60. The Fantastic Four's Chris Evans turns 41. And twins Ashley and Mary-Kate Olsen are 36. Have a great Monday, and thanks so much for listening to Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast and download the Live 5 First Alert weather app for your mobile device. Track storms and get the latest forecast for your neighborhood 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.